You're listening to the Bride Chilla Podcast, helping bride chillas and groom chillas plan their wedding minus the bullshit. One podcast at a time with your host, Alicia McCormack. Bride chillas and groom chillas, when I received an email from this gentleman with the company name Adulting with Money, I was like, I found my person. This is how I want to speak about cash finance, all the other things that panic the shit out of some of us. Dan Hines uh, contacted me. He runs adultingwithmoney.com. He's a financial expert, a coach, someone that can talk about the stuff that makes us slightly uncomfortable, as you've heard me talk about on the podcast before. Dan is here today to talk about prioritizing your money, potentially getting some external help if you find it hard to talk about cash with your other half, and also looking to the future without feeling panicked. Dan, welcome to the Bride Chiller podcast. Thanks for having me, Alicia. It's fun to be here. (laughs) Oh, I'm already happy you've said that. And thank you so much for contacting me. And and when you you approached me and and, uh, did the pitch, lots of people contact me and I was like, man, you don't get my show. And and you really hit it. And I think my (laughs) audience, I I read your email and I was like, yes, this guy's for us. So um, I'm I'm delighted that that you are happy to share some of your expertise and knowledge with our audience. Well, and thanks for having me. I mean, uh, your your fuck it bucket episode was just <laughs> that was that was the hook. I'm like, yes, this Alicia is awesome. Uh, I need to talk with her right now. <laughs> oh, so kind. Well, look, that is one of those things. You know, it's so strange. I was talking to a friend about the fuck it bucket the other day, and and saying, well, you know, the fuck it bucket is a concept. People have been saying that for a long time, and it was <laughs> right. more just trying to find a way to put it in the wedding industry, and it seems to have really gelled with a lot of people and giving people permission to just ditch a lot of stuff they don't really need to bother about. So um, thank you. That's great. Um, Dan, we could actually talk about the fuck it bucket and finance, not to put you on the spot, but I feel like there might be some things that people get a bit overwhelmed at. I had a a guest recently, um, Shana from uh, Millennial Money's podcast, and we were talking about uh, just when you get together and you hook up with your other person finding that balance about talking about money. And I really wanted to extend the conversation with you today because I think it's such a big topic. And as I said in the intro, it can really panic people and and people come to relationships with STDs, the sexually transmitted debts. And <laughs> right. They, you know, they worry about revealing that information. I've had people in our group sort of say, oh, I've got debts and I haven't told my partner. And it's like, oh, my God, these are big topics. So... I don't know where to begin, Dan. What I've got so much to say. Oh, oh I'm sure. panicked. <laughs> where, would, where would you like to kick off? Because I feel like you've got a lot of things to say. Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, you know, when you talk about the past, that's always something that's hard to come up with. I know I've worked with um, one couple and she has a lot of student debt and then her fiance, um, she doesn't have a lot of student debt. So they're, they're coming from different angles of things. And so when I start to work with couples, I the only thing I really want to start with right away is talking about their goals is mm-hmm. to say, you know, what is it that you want? What is it that you want to go after? I mean, if it is to get out of debt, awesome. If it's to have a vacation, awesome. Mm-hmm. But one thing that I, I put my clients through is to talk about is what you want. So, uh, for example, you know, in, in the ultimate guide I just wrote, it's over 20,000 words. And the first thing you start with is go off on your own, you know, take five minutes, 10 minutes and write down a wish list, mm-hmm. write down everything that you want when it comes to money. And then your partner does the same. And then you come together and you just talk about it and you talk about, 
what's on your list, what's at the top of your list, what's most important to you. And so before you start to dive into the details of, oh, should we use Mint or Every Dollar or YNAB or whatever the quick in, quick books, paper, spreadsheets, you know, that's all logistics. The, mm-hmm. you know, really the first thing to start out with is what is it that you want? And let's talk about it. Let's get kind of on the same page with those goals. And then we'll start to work out the details. Well, I'm so happy because, you know, I got worked up just doing the intro just then. And I think that's how a lot of people feel when money and finances and budgets and goals, all these words start coming at people. (laughs) It's like, you know, you sort of go, oh, even if you're really responsible, quote unquote here, air quotes I'm doing, with cash, it can sometimes be pretty challenging to actually relax, put it in Mm -hmm. perspective. Yes. think about how to start because a lot of people go, I've got to get a mortgage. I've got to pay off my student loans. I've got to do all this. And then you're just like, oh my gosh, how am I ever going to achieve any of this stuff when I feel like this? So I'm so glad you mentioned coaching because I think this is where I'd really love to take the conversation today. And and one thing I know a lot of people struggle with is is having that honesty and, and sort of admitting that perhaps they think about money in a different way to their partner. Tell me a little bit about your business and how you got into coaching and and how it all works when you meet with a professional and and sit down and get this out in the open. Oh sure, yeah. So I mean, the quick origin story of me, I guess, is that uh, my my wife and I we got engaged and I moved down here to Florida with her and I became a financial advisor and you know I had my licenses and I worked with investments and insurance for a little while. Uh, but what I realized was that there was there was a need to to dig a little bit deeper. Because when you know couples or individuals came in, I, I could just tell that they weren't quite on the same page. So I mm. uh, chose a new career, um, but I also have my business now as a coach and helping couples is to sit down and to, to start kind of the basics. So when you're done working with me, you're you're ready to go talk to a financial advisor. You already know how to save for retirement. You know how to how to save up for uh, the first house or a vacation, whatever it is. And then you can go to them with money and say, okay, now help me invest it. Help me mm-hmm. protect myself with insurance. So I don't quite go that route. I'm I'm more of the personal trainer rather than the doctor. And, you know, anyone can go online and learn all this stuff for free. But sometimes you just need that third person to, to walk you through. And you just want someone to tell you where the potholes are in the road before you get there. Um, so, you know, the mm-hmm. you, when, when you were talking about budgets and, you know, I was talking about software – one of the first problems that I know people run into is that they're trying to learn how to budget and how to learn an app at the same time. And they, <laughs> yeah. they get really frustrated because they're trying <laughs> to learn two new skills at the same time. And so when I start to work with couples, I just tell them, don't do anything until we talk. Just, yep. you know, you can think about your goals, you can write down your goals, but don't sign up for Mint, don't sign up for anything, don't do not do anything until we talk, because that's the first roadblock, is I want you to teach, I want to teach you guys, <laughs> you know, how to work together, and how yep. to talk together, and how to budget together, then we'll start using the software and make it easier. It's kind of a, it's a two-phase process. Good, and, and I am the first one to go, oh, quick, I'll get the app, I'll do it all now. I'll learn. I'll learn in the car on the way home. And I'm glad you said that because, I mean, it is that thing. You go to the app store and you're like, oh, my God, there are 45,000 money apps. Right. I don't know what to do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's interesting, your sort of whole job, I suppose, part of it is about accountability and making people um, really, I suppose, well, figuring out goals. Sometimes we say a goal and we're like, is that what we really want? I don't know. Is that what we're supposed to say we want? 
Is that something you find when you work with couples that they've got quite different ideas about their future and goals or they're surprised sure. by each other's responses? Um, it's it's actually quite rare. I mean, if you're already engaged in, or maybe you're already newly wed, you've been together long enough that you've talked about some things here and there. Um, yeah. So when it comes to most of the couples I work with, both of them, you know, there's kind of a goal they've already been talking about. They're just not sure how to get there. Mm. That's that's usually the the main thing. But then when we start to talk about, you know, what you want to do in your leisure time, you know, if, if the guy wants to go hunting and, and the girl wants to do more, uh, what is it, you know, retail therapy um, and not to be stereotypical. I mean, that's I'm thinking of one couple. That's exactly what they were trying to balance is how do we uh, go after the goal we both want? but still kind of have our own fun. And how do we, how do we find that balance uh, together? That's good. So how do we do that, Dan, master of all answers? <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. Well, you know, the, the number one tip when it comes to working together with your money is, you know, the, some people really are afraid of losing independence when it comes to getting married. That All of mm-hmm. a sudden they have to go to their partner for permission for everything. Some people aren't nearly as afraid of that. <laughs> they're yeah. they're going to be fine with that. But the, the number one tip is that when you start working together with your money is you've got to have little pockets of uh, fun money is that you get fun money every month that you don't have to ask for permission. You just, if you want to buy something, go buy something, whatever it is. Uh, if you want to go out with friends, that's fine. Take it out of your fun money. As long as you don't overextend yourself and, and hurt your, uh, yourself as a couple, as a team for those larger goals, there's no problem with that. And then your partner gets the same treatment is that they get some sort of fun money that they can set aside and they don't have to ask for permission. They can go out and get lunch whenever they want or, or hang out with their friends. And that's fine. So that's part of finding that balance is to say, okay, how much is that for us as a couple? What, what works best for us? I really like that. And I, I wanted to mention to you, Dan, I've been back in Australia recently and there's a big, um, it's been a very successful book in, in Oz uh, written by a guy called Scott Pape. And um, I used to work with Scott in TV a little bit and he, he's got a, a business called The Barefoot Investor. And he's, he's a lovely guy. And he wrote a book that he thought would sell 10,000 copies and it sold 500,000 copies. And oh, it, wow. It's amazing. And it's a lovely story. And he, He's just a good person, but he's he was talking. He's really trying to help people with their money as well. And and he, um, a couple of my friends have have read his book. And my husband and I bought it, and we we read it on the plane on the way back. And it's very it's a really easy read. But I just wanted to go my a bit of an anecdote about one of my friends who'd read his book, and he had a very similar suggestion to you about about fun money, but also about the idea of being accountable um, with joint accounts. Let's come back to that in two seconds. Um, but he, my friend, was a bit of a spendaholic and, and she really loved to shop. And she would admit that she probably had a minor problem uh, with spending. And But <laughs> they had separate accounts, her and her husband. And they read this book and they went and got a joint account. And she said to me, I actually feel like now because she was she's a she's also she works in TV. She's very independent. She's a very lovely, strong character person and said... I felt like I was giving a part of myself away and my, oh, no. you know, by, by joining accounts. And she said, actually, we followed this program. We've been really transparent with each other and we put our fun money aside and I know I can go shopping or do whatever I want with that, but we are together in this and we're working as a team now. And I yes. feel more accountable when I want to go and spend and do something a bit, you know, crazy that it's their money, not just her money. So 
I love that you said that as well. And, and I was really, I just thought it was a really great, such a simple thing to do, but literally separating the money out and not having to feel like you have to go and ask, hi, can I buy some mascara for $30? Where, you know, whereas like, <laughs> go and spend it, you know, it's, it's you know, right. it's your, your money to do it. But it is, it is something that I think a lot of people struggle with saying, oh my gosh, do we join our money together? What does that mean? Am I giving up mm-hmm, a part of mm-hmm. myself? But I think it's actually a really good thing. What do you right. think? Right. And, and well, and it's you, the mindset, you know, part that you're talking about is a lot like getting married, is that you're not individuals anymore. You're you're becoming one. You're becoming a team. It, yeah. you're, a, you're a family now. And so trying to do that with money, because uh, I know with uh, average age of marriage going up and up and up, we have our own lives uh, mm-hmm. as individuals before we end up getting married. And so you have your own way of doing things and working with things. And so it, the part of my coaching then is to take that mindset of my money and his money or her money and becoming our money is, is joining that together. And how do you start to, to think about that? So, you know, when, when we, when I start to work with uh, my clients about joint accounts, actually, I, I posted something on Reddit probably about a year ago now, and it made it to the front page of Reddit. It just oh, well it blew up, and <laughs> it was it was talking about how my wife and I, you know, got started, tried to get joint accounts and, and all this other stuff. And what I found from the comments is it was about half and half of having, you know, separate accounts plus one joint account or making everything joint. And as I did more and more research, what I found out is that really the joint accounts are logistics. If you're if you're sitting down and you're talking about it together and you're making a plan together, that's 90% of the battle. The mm-hmm. the rest of it is just okay, what what are the buttons we need to click? What checking account do we want? What cards do we need, you know, to make our our plan work. So mm. for example, when it comes to me and my wife, we didn't have joint accounts until about maybe two or three years into our marriage. And the only reason we did that was because I was handling everything. I'm like, I'd like to have joint accounts to make my life easier. And she said, <laughs> okay, <laughs> you know, and that was it. That was, that was the end of it. Um, so yeah. So especially with all the software out there, it doesn't care where your bank accounts are, if they're separate, if they're joint, you know, it's everything can come in electronically and you can plan and budget together without actually joining accounts. So even if you're engaged and you want to get started on this, if there's plenty of time before the wedding and you want to start to learn to work together with money, then you can do that and you don't have to have joint accounts in case, you know, it depends on your, your parents or your situation. Maybe it's not best to join things yet. Uh, you could do that later. What do you think the budgeting for fun money is? How do we work out an amount that is like – yeah, if you're working as a team, and to go back and and I just want to reiterate, this isn't about power or anything. If it's right. you know, attached no. to it, this is just no, more about no going. Control. No, and and I like the idea of saying, Rich and I uh, work and sort of say, if it's anything over three hundred bucks, we'd probably have a discussion about it. But uh-huh. if I'm yeah. going to go, and that's our our personal situation, and and I would feel uncomfortable taking money out of our joint account without having a conversation about a big ticket item, just because you know. We don't have that much money, and we don't right. be mindful of it. <laughs> Let's be honest. I don't know. I was going to come up with another excuse to go. We are running small business, and we're trying to travel, like go traveling and stuff like that. So, how should we have that discussion and say what's the uh, the d- amount of money that we could each go and spend without one person going off their rocker and going, "Where the fuck's the money?" 
<laughs> right, right. Um, well, it, it's part of the larger conversation is because, you know, the, the most important thing is to talk about your goals. And, you know, when I start to talk to people about budgeting, I, I'm really laid back about it. I mean, if mm. you go over budget for a month, whatever, you know, just try again next month Great. Um, because it, it's a plan. And, you know, it's, it's like a, you know, American football team getting on the field. They have a play they want to run, but there's an entire other team that gets paid millions of dollars to stop that. <laughs> and so <laughs> when you and your partner create a plan, you know, you're, you're trying your best, but, but life is going to happen. And so yeah. to be, to be a little bit more laid back about it, when things happen, just to, to start to roll with it. And so when it comes to uh, figuring out your fund money is you start to say, well, if we want to save for a house, here's how much that is. Here's how much our bills are. And here's everything else that we want. And then here's what's left, uh, you know, usually for fund money. And so, uh, for example, starting out, my wife and I, it was 50 bucks a month that we, that was our fund money. And, you know, everything else, we had date money set aside, either the bills were getting paid, we were saving for retirement. So everything else was going fine. And that was enough for us. And yeah. as we've both gotten pay raises and, and done better, it's, you know, she got $75 a month and I stayed at 50. And then now we're both at $75 a month. And maybe soon we'll both be at $100 a month as our situation has improved. So mm. the short answer becomes have as much fun as possible without taking money away from those other goals, those other bigger goals. That's really what we're looking for. I like that. And I think it's, it goes back to the idea that you've just got to have that discussion and you've just got to be working together from the get-go. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, I, I love stand-up comedy. And so I try to look at creating a budget like crafting a joke is that you kind of you kind of start it and it's not very funny but then you tweak it a little bit and it gets a bigger laugh and you, you tweak it a little bit more and it gets a bigger laugh by the way the marvelous mrs Maisel on amazon oh, if you haven't oh, seen that the best. yeah and, and so if you watch that you'll see exactly what i mean is you get yeah. to see her craft a joke over time actually a couple different jokes and a budget is the same thing the first one sucks it is terrible it's not fun to do <laughs> But the second month that you do it, you're just tweaking it. And the third month, you tweak it a little bit more. And the fourth month, you tweak it a little bit more. And as life ha happens, you don't have to recreate the budget from scratch. Is that you can you tweak it as you go. So that's where when it comes to that that fun money, is that you just kind of got to try and see what works. Um, and personally, you know, even though I'm the coach and I'm this is kind of my thing. I go over budget on my fun money pretty much every month. <laughs> so <laughs> I have to, at the end of the month, every, just about every month, I have to explain to my wife why I, I went over budget. And, but, you know, we've, <laughs> maybe we've spent less on groceries or, you know, there's some money somewhere else that it helps balance out the whole thing for the month is that maybe I went over budget on this one item, but as a team, as a family for this month, we did fine. So no big deal. I like this a lot. Dan is from adultingwithmoney.com and we are talking about ways to work together to achieve your financial goals, not get into deep financial shit and also just get stuff done so you can go and live your life and stop talking about money and debt and all the other boring stuff. There will be more of our chat on the Bride Chiller podcast after this. Dan, you spoke earlier about apps and I know I find the app chat a little bit hardcore because there's always a new app coming out. But mm -hmm. the one app that I always seem to get drawn back to is Mint. But I wanted to see if there are any others and also just to talk a little bit about um, what you'd recommend uh, about how much you log and is it every cent that people are spending and, and how do you work out how loose you can be with, with keeping track of your cash? 
Ooh, that's a good question. So uh, I use Mint as well. I mean, I've been using it for five years, um, and it's free. I mean, there are some little things here and there I don't like about it and some of the things that I would want, but for free, it works great. great. Um, so, so yeah. So if, if you want something more, if you're like, I'd like more uh, power to do this or that or the other thing, then I know envelopes. So it's like the word envelopes, but with an M as in Mary. Envelopes. Okay. Envelopes. Great. Um, that's really good. Um, every dollar works really well. Um, I know uh, everyone calls it YNAB, but you need a budget.com. Uh huh. Yep. Um, good budget, I believe, has an app as well. And so all of those are great. Um, they're just not free, or they have a, a free trial and, and then you buy uh, a version. But uh, so every one of those have a, a pretty good uh, system. And so if you want to get, you know, started use mint get used to it and say okay i want more then go buy a, a different app and if it were me i would probably go to ynab second that would be okay. my second choice and so with this with this sort of situation both people in the couple would have the app they would link the app together to their joint account i'm assuming uh -huh. and then you would you would set up your uh, various budgets through various sort of areas like your fund money and your savings and all this sort of stuff in the app and then you would be able to track where you're at each month. Correct. Yeah. So I would I we track everything. Um right. everything goes into mint, everything we see every dollar that comes in or out. Thankfully Mint likes to round up or round down to the nearest dollar. So you're only really working with dollars. You're working with with whole numbers rather than than pennies, which which helps out yeah. quite a bit when it comes when it comes to planning. You're not worrying about why doesn't this balance? Why do I have 20 cents left over for no reason? <laughs> <laughs> Who wants if you if you're getting finicky about cents, it's time to move on. That's right. Yeah. That's you, you can chuck that into the bucket bucket. Just yeah, don't worry fuck about it. Yeah, bucket bucket. Put your pennies in a jar somewhere and cash it in at the end of the year. That's yeah, what we exactly. <laughs> what do you think? Um, I talked a little bit. I said before we. I spoke to Shana from uh, the Millennial Money's pod, Money Podcast. It's up into my brain, uh, and sh sh we were talking a bit about how millennials have been given a bit of a bad run when it comes to oh, talking yeah. about money. And it's like, listen, guys, we're really fucking hardworking and we're doing our best. And maybe we're doing things a little differently to you parents, but we're getting things done. We're starting businesses. We're moving on. I'm sort of not a millennial, Dan. I don't want to, <laughs> I pretend I am, but I'm about yeah. four years older. Oh, okay. But for my millennial friends, I'm going to defend them. Because uh, I actually think, they're getting stuff done. What do you think? Is is there just is it just the different shift in in jobs and careers that are confusing the older people, or, or are millennial shit? <laughs> <laughs> uh, good question. Well, I, I believe technically I'm a millennial. I mean, I'm, my my birthday is eighty six, so I, I think I'm on. Uh, the, all right, the I'm out of here. You too. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, nineteen eighty one, Dan. So I'm like apparently old. I don't know. Ah, you know. <laughs> that's all right. No, well. <laughs> You know, we, yeah, we get a bad rap, but, you know, the hippies, when they were born, they got a bad rap, and wow. Gen X had a bad rap at some other time. So, you know, don't take take it with too much offense, because, you know, the, the biggest thing with millennials is certainly our education costs have skyrocketed compared to everything else in the world. Yes. Um, and it's also, we have, a, you know, infinite choice in everything, is that when, we ha when you have the internet at your fingertips, um, you, you know, it's, it becomes information overload. So we have to try to do different things. And so, you know, when it comes to your life and when it comes to your money, when it comes to your time, is that rather than trying to do the right thing, uh, you know, there is no right thing. There is no right way. It really comes down to is what do you want? And then let's go get it. 
uh, because it's there's there's too much knowledge out there not to not to go after it for yourself. Um, so millennials, you'll be all right. It, you know, it's when it comes to working hard. I know there's there was that thing about avocado toast. Oh a my little God. while ago. <laughs> and so, you know, I, you know, personally, have I bought, ever bought avocado toast? No, I don't think there's anything fancy enough here in my area to, to buy something oh, of that it's nature. Expensive. Yeah, it, it's expensive. <laughs> but here's the thing is if, if you were to come work with me, I just wouldn't give a shit. Like if you want to buy avocado toast, that's fine. Um, the big thing for me is I just want to make sure you have a balanced budget. Let's talk about the big picture stuff. So that you you know what you want, and if you have a question and you're not sure, you know if you want to go buy a house, awesome. If you want to rent for the rest of your life, awesome. If you want to, you know the the fire crowd, financially independent, retire early. If you want to do that, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I, I'm I'm very I guess maybe libertarian about it. Is I just want you to be happy, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and the way that you want to do that is fine. And so when it comes to the couples, if you're a millennial, and if uh, you know, when it comes to trying to pay off debt and get those rid of those student loans, let's just make that part of the plan. Let's take it baby steps at a time. And that way you learn a new skill that you can use for the rest of your life is that, you know, sure, we're working on a particular goal together. But after three or four months, you'll know what to do so that when life changes, you can change with it. You can change your budget. You can make des- decisions together with your money as a team. I'm really glad you mentioned, well, two things. That, yeah, I think our, our generation, I'm putting myself back in with everyone young, um, really have had to pay a lot more money for our education and it's been a big impetus on a lot of people going to college and getting the debts that our parents never had to face in, in any sort of way. I know in Australia it, we had free education, literally free, uh, into the 70s and early 80s. So um, certainly my parents, if they wanted to go to college, they could have gone and not spent a dollar. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I know it was a lot, a lot easier in the, the sort of 70s and 80s in America as well. And you were, certainly weren't racking up hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt to get a degree, which I still think is crackerjack crazy. Mm-hmm. Um and then having to pay that education is then almost like we're being punished for getting an education because then we can't go and buy houses. Or if we do, we're at a lot higher interest rates and we can't sort of proceed on with our lives until we pay off this massive amount of money. So I am I think sometimes that's a forgotten fact or a forgotten sort of part of the conversation when they're talking about avocado toast and shitting on us for not spending <laughs> enough money. And you're like, right. hey. You didn't have to pay three hundred grand for an arts degree, right? Um, Your minimum wage was a lot higher, and so it exactly. was exactly. So minimum wage was higher, you know, per inflation. Yeah. Plus, your education was cheaper. It just it was you could have a part time job and go to school. That was easier. Exactly, and also like you bring up inflation, and that's something I think a lot of people go, "Whoa, that's a boring word," but. <laughs> you know, I've been th- I've been reading about inflation um, recently about um, the Australian housing industry. We never had the bust that America had in in two thousand eight two thousand and nine. We were lucky, but also unlucky because our housing market has just continued to grow into like gargantuan like uh, prices of you know a one bedroom apartment in Melbourne will cost you a million bucks, which is mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, but our Wages haven't increased. <laughs> Our wages have increased by three percent or something ridiculous. Uh, okay. so yeah, it's yeah. Sort of like you can't, it can't keep going on like that in a, in a way. And uh, that's another thing to hit your parents with if you're having the discussion and they're crapping on your avocado toast lifestyle. And you're like, well, listen, guys, you had it easy, sucked in. 
Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, and, and, you know, and, and talking about the, the housing bubble, you know, when it comes to, you know, this is a, a wedding planning podcast. And so as yeah. trends change, you kind of have to move and shift and change with that. But also once you become a couple and once you become a family and as the world changes, then you're going to have to, to, to grow and, and move with it. And so mm. whether so what I'm trying to help teach people is that skill is to say, well, rather than, you know, giving you the fish, I just want to teach you to fish that way when it rains or you find a river or a lake, you know what to do. Um, and, and if things get dry, you also know what to do. So it, it works. It's a skill to try to work everywhere for the rest of your life. One thing that has been a conversation that has been quite a con- like a continuing conversation in our Facebook community has been about financial priorities. And this is specifically within wedding planning, but I think we could probably broaden it out to a lot of other things. And there are a couple of, of members who've been and I'm not begrudging anyone for trying to save money, but I always try and bring the message to this podcast is that you need to value your time and yes. also value uh, the quality of a product that you're buying and also where you decide to invest your money within wedding planning is, is you know, the results that you want to receive back. So um, whether you're spending $1,000 on a wedding or $100,000, you need to figure out your priorities of spending as to what you want to receive back. And I think this is a bit of a, people get confused and they're like, oh, I'm, I don't want to be a tired ass or I'm not going to be cheap. But then also they will spend 500 bucks on wedding photography and $10,000 on a dress. And it's like, you get shit photos. Well, but the dress looked good, but you couldn't see them because it was oh, an yeah. amateur. So <laughs> talk to me a little bit about priorities and it doesn't have to be wedding based, but I'm sure you meet couples that have different ideas of value and and finding that middle ground when it comes to, you know, finding a balance, I suppose, in what people want to spend on certain items in their life or trips or houses as well, I suppose. Mm -hmm. How do you come to that sort of balance and go, we can see the same viewpoint when it comes to this sort of investing in, in, in items especially? That is a good question. Yeah, when I when I start to work with clients, you know, going back to the goal setting, uh, it is where so the process is I, I want each of you to go off on your own for five minutes and create a wish list. Just write as many things down that you want with money. If you want to buy a Tesla, you know, put it on the list. If you want to buy a giant house on a lake, you know, put it on the list. Hmm. Um, but then but then once you're done with the list, you have to pick your top five. You know, pick your top five and then the two of you come together and you both talk about both lists, the whole list. Like, this is what I want and here's uh, what I like and all this other stuff. And when your partner is talking, your job is to watch. Your right. job is to listen. And the when they start talking about their goal or a, a particular goal and their eyes light up and they start talking faster and they get really excited or maybe they're, you know, they're, uh, they're, they're, you can see the, the, the tears starting to come. It's something that they care about. You want to take note of that because that's, uh, it's to, to tell you that this is important to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you start to talk about your top five. And as a couple, you make a top 10 list. So the top five for each of you get on the list. We're, we're acknowledging that everything uh, for both of you is important. Yeah. But, my my uh, goal for them, uh, for my clients, is to you've got there can't be any ties. There's got to be a one. There's got to be a two. There's got to be a three. Um, <laughs> so so that's where the conflict starts to come in. But it's not to you know jockey for position or to negotiate. Is that you've both sat down and talked about it, 
And you can see, you can end up seeing that one of you cares a lot more about a particular goal. And Mm -hmm. especially as a husband and loving my wife, you know, I want happy wife, happy life. But the moment she starts crying, I'm going to start crying too. I I don't want her to be sad. (laughs) And so, Mm -hmm. you know, if I see that something is extremely important to her, then I'm going to start thinking, what can I do to help with that? What, what can I do? to help us as a family reach that goal. And so once you have that priority list, then we start talking about numbers to say, okay, well, if you, if both of you want to save for a house, you know, how much per month can you set, set aside, you know, the second goal, how much do we want to do per month? A third goal, how much do you want to do per month? And that's where you start to get into the budget to say, okay, well, how, this is what we want. How are we going to go get this? I love that you, I, I love what you do, Dan. I think this is really important. And I think a lot of people don't, know that you know that these sort of avenues exist for problem solving because i know that a lot of people get into fights over the same thing over and over again because they can't solve a money problem or they can't see a way out of a problem that they've discussed over and over again and maybe taking a bit of a trip outside of the comfort zone and seeing a coach and really being able to talk to a third party would is really healthy and and also as you said just to find a clear perspective and and share a goal together. It's really exciting when you know what you both want to do and you work oh, yeah. together. It, mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. We've Rich and I have had a couple of moments. We've had lots of moments in our marriage like that. But when we've both made big decisions together, and, and one was moving from Australia to the, the UK four years ago, and that was one that I really spearheaded. And we always say it's quite ironic that Rich really fell on his feet when we moved to London and he found... What would what would probably describe as a dream job here, and and I just flailed around a little bit, even though it was my idea to come here, <laughs> right? Yeah, and it's like, oh my god, that backfired, but um, <laughs> it didn't backfire. That's terrible. He's great. I and I I I found this. I made the podcast, and it's all worked out. But also, we were talking recently about just having, I suppose, the balls to go. Let's go and do this together, and that was a decision that had to be made together and it was a bit of a step off the cliff in a way because we didn't yes. know, you know, we sold all our possessions and moved to another country. And But the the excitement and the thrill of making that decision as a, as a duo and a team and also going, hey, we will wear this if it doesn't work or if we don't reach our goal, it makes you so much stronger as a, as a pair, I think. So... Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it it makes you a team. And I mean, my uh, so uh, if you know U.S. geography, my wife and I we grew up, went to school in in Iowa, and my wife became a a dolphin and sea lion trainer, and okay. so that's why I we're here this. in Florida now. And <laughs> uh, you know, and we came to an I have an engineering degree and a master's in business, and um, you know, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I mean, she wanted to know. She's still doing it. It's it's one of those where this is what I want to be when I grow up, and she's still doing it. And so I was full on board. Well, actually, <laughs> while we were dating, I realized pretty quickly, like if she had a choice between the dream job and me, she's gonna pick the dream job. Like I either <laughs> go with her or I'm out. And and so I had to, you know, jump in with her to say, okay, well, you know, if, if we're going to make it work uh, in Florida, then I've got to, you know, shift a little bit. But I was flexible. I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. And here I have a, a, a business that's pretty location independent. I can do it anywhere. So if she wants to do something new, then we can sit and talk about it and, yeah, and, and start to make that jump together. Yeah. Well, don't be – I think that's the best message from this episode is, well, firstly – talk to Dan. We're going to talk about how they get, everyone gets in touch with you. But, but also just this idea that we, uh, you know, 
really it's it's great to work as a team but you've you've got to make the first steps and and be transparent and be on board and uh, in in my bride chiller survival guide dan i've got this section quite early in the book and it's a hundred questions to ask each other before you say i do and um some of the questions are silly some are like really serious like you know uh what if an accident happens and i am incapacitated what happens you know do you switch me on or off like the, mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. said nicer than that obviously dan <laughs> do you switch me off do you switch me off? no but you know to have these quite serious conversations that i think when you're in your 20s as well it can be like oh that will happen later we'll figure it out later on and and i can say as a 36 year old i think there are moments where uh you go actually you know, parents might be getting, uh, might be unwell. We've got to make quite big life decisions. It's important to have a bit of a plan and, and know where you both stand on a lot of different topics. And a lot of these decisions, I, fortunately or unfortunately, revolve around money and access to money. And um, it's really important to be able to talk freely and openly. So to say that, Dan, you do work with people all over the place. Is that you, you, we can do? You know, they don't have to be in Florida to have a chat with you, do they? Oh no, no. I actually, um, I, I'm actually working with a uh, single female right now, and she's with the military. Um, she's actually in South Korea um, right now. So we do everything through email and Skype, uh, and Great. so, and especially since money is electronic, I don't need to see your bank accounts. I don't need your social security number. It's really just talking about your goals and managing uh, your money, as well as a little bit managing your time to 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 set a uh, time aside so yeah anywhere um i i only speak english that's pretty much the only <laughs> that's <laughs> the only too. thing i got yeah <laughs> so we i mean good luck to everyone else i'm jealous of everyone else that can speak other languages yeah, no kidding. Uh, yeah oh my gosh that's a re- that's an educational regret oh, it's not too late though we could both learn oh yeah no it's never too late what language would you learn dan honestly i'd learn german it's just something about I think it's uh, kind of my background, my family background that I would love to learn German, just, I don't know, it attracts to me the most, mainly because my sisters learned French in high school and I learned Spanish and I'm like, nah, I'm good with those. So let's, let's do something completely different. That or maybe like Japanese where it's just, it's so far out of the normal that it's, that it's a challenge. Mm. I I feel like German is one of those ones that, you know, it's close enough to English that it's one that you could just give it a crack and, and uh, give it a crack. (laughs) Just give it a crack, Dan. Do oh, it yeah. in your spare time. Uh, whereas Japanese, I, when I went to Japan, I was like, oh, I know nothing. I've got nothing. <laughs> nothing looks like anything that I know. I'm panicking. It was really exciting, but overwhelming at the same time. Right. What an amazing place. Um, Dan, this has been such a pleasure. You're a fantastic guest, and I uh, would love to spend more time with you. And I really hope that our bride chillers and groom chillers uh, really consider getting in touch with you and and learn more about what you do and hopefully take the next steps in being positive financial people. Um, you've got a bit of a freebie, I believe, for our people. Yes, I, I wrote a, what I call an ultimate guide. I mean, it's over 20,000 words, and wow. it's how to, how, to, how to talk to your spouse about money. Good. And it's completely free. So it's not quite as long as a book, so it won't take you forever, but there's uh, a lot of step-by-step advice. You know, I talked about the top 10 list. That's in there. Um, if you want to just start budgeting, you know, the steps to do that, the calendar to do that, that's all in there, and it's completely right. free. Um, so if, if you're bride chillas and groom chillas, uh, just go to adultingwithmoney.com slash bride and you can right. sign up and you get a PDF copy right away. 
Awesome. And, and they can go to adultingwithmoney.com to contact you to uh, hook up a, a, a bit of a chat with you as well. Absolutely. Yep. I've got a contact form there. You can email me from there. Uh, I don't do much on social media. I'm, that's still another thing for my business I'm growing. So going straight to the website is the best for me. Perfect. Well, that will save people time, get them focused and get to their mission. I like it. Bride chillers and groom chillers, before we go, I would love to invite Dan back to do a bit of a Q&A episode. So if you have a financial question or if you're in a bit of a muddle and you want a bit of help, then perhaps, Dan, you might like to pop back on Bride Chiller and, and help us out. Oh, yes, I'd love to. I mean, anything to do with uh, before the wedding or after the wedding, I'll, anything I can help with, I'd love to help all your bride chillas and groom chillas. Fantastic. Well, that's it. So if you have a question, uh, you can post. This week we will be featuring Dan's episode in uh, the Facebook community and on the Facebook page. And also you can simply leave us a voice message. You can record on your phone or wherever you want to record it and email it to me or uh, simply go to thebridechiller.com. Follow the links to leaving me a voice message and uh, leave the question there and then we will feature you in an upcoming episode. Dan, thank you so much again for being on the show. It was a pleasure and uh, I wish you all the best and I wish all of our listeners, we always end with happy days. Happy days, Dan. Happy days, Alicia. Thank you. (laughs) The Bride Chiller Podcast. The only place a cookie cutter should be used is in the kitchen. Am I right?